Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. My 401k had been something that I'd basically avoided in my 20s, even though I had the option to contribute to one. You know, I didn't because I wanted as much of my paycheck as possible. And so by my 30s, I was like, you know, Marie, you gotta you gotta get on this train. Like, you're not gonna be able to work forever. And you don't wanna end up like your parents who basically didn't have any retirement savings. And so I signed up for my 401k and quickly found that it was very confusing to navigate the provider website. And I didn't understand these basic investing terms because again, nobody had ever taught me these things. And so instead of running away from it, which is basically what I did in my 20s, I decided I'm going to go down the rabbit hole. I'm finally going to figure this out. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres, award-winning Latina personal finance expert. I didn't always have my financial shit together, but when I started looking for POC-friendly personal finance podcasts, I couldn't find any. And so Yo Quiero Dinero was born. On this show, I'll show you how to make dinero, how to keep your dinero, and most importantly, how to make it grow. Each week, I'm connecting you with the most brilliant minds in the world of money and business, so you can learn about investing, entrepreneurship, and building wealth. The best part? I'm dishing up all this knowledge with a sassy side of sazón. So if you're ready to be poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Hola, mi gente. Welcome back to another episode of Yo Quiero Dinero, the podcast. This is your host, Janice. And today we're going to be talking about the boomer of retirement accounts. That's right, the 401k. Now, the 401k gets shitted on by Gen Z and random people on TikTok as like this really antiquated, boring ass, useless investment tool that we shouldn't even be paying attention to. I beg to differ. 
My 401k has been the main driver of my path to financial independence. And I feel like if more of us actually understood the benefits of using these types of accounts, we'd stop talking so much crap about them. So I wanted to bring on not one, but two amazing guests who are also on the path to financial independence. And they happen to be sisters. On today's show, we're going to be talking about how you can use your 401k to start your path to financial independence with Marie Coleman-Johns and Stephanie Stockwell, aka the Sisters of Financial Independence. These two sisters are personal finance educators and the founders of Winance. Through their weekly YouTube show and podcast, investing workshops, and blog posts, they help women and people of color spend more intentionally, learn how to invest and grow wealth, and build a life of financial freedom. Having grown up financially insecure, they started repeating the bad money habits they learned from their parents, but they were able to turn things around in their 20s through growing their careers, and by their early 30s, they realized that the savings sitting in their bank account wasn't actually growing, and that sought-after wealth was still eluding them. They soon found the FIRE movement and learned how to master their 401ks and invest. Wanting to share the keys to investing with their friends and family, they took what they learned built a PowerPoint presentation, and started hosting Winance Nights. To learn more about Stephanie and Marie, head over to WinanceFI, that's W-I-N-E-N-A-N-C-E-F-I.com. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. Today, we have not one, but two amazing guests for you on the podcast, Stephanie and Marie, who go by Winance on social media. Welcome, ladies, to the podcast. Let's start off with some introductions so folks can get to know you. Hi, I'm Stephanie. I am one of the co-founders of Winance. I am... Oh, goodness. I am a mom. I am a test engineer by trade and now a financial educator. And my sister Marie, who will introduce herself soon, is my co-founder with Winance. And we are super excited to be here today. Um, you know, we, we love spreading the fire message and teaching everyone about how simple it can be to build wealth. And I'm Marie. Um, as Stephanie said, I am her sister. I'm the older sister, but not by much. <laughs> um, by day, I am a social media strategist for a credit card company. And by night and weekends and any other free time, I am working on Winance with Stephanie. Um, I'm a fur mom of five fur babies. <laughs> so I've got my, my hands full. <laughs> so you guys aren't doing much, it sounds like. 
<laughs> I mean, you are killing it in your careers and you're doing all the things. And so you manage not only to do that, but create a personal finance education platform where you are showing folks how to use retirement accounts and investing accounts to pursue financial independence. So tell us more about Winance. What is it? What do you guys do? Yeah, so Winance, um, as you can tell from the name, um, is basically mixing together wine and finance, but it's really more about just finding ways to have fun with finance. Um, you know, Stephanie and I did not grow up learning a lot about money, actually very little about money. And what we did learn was we're not good financial habits. And so as we started learning more about money, learning more about investing and growing wealth, um, we wanted to put together information for our girlfriends because we figured if if we didn't know about this stuff well they probably don't know about it either and so we wanted to put it together in a fun way we invited our girlfriends over uh, for a Saturday night for an evening of wine and finance with <laughs> Stephanie and I literally built a PowerPoint presentation about index funds and the stock market and retirement accounts. We nerded out, but we tried to make it as fun as possible. And we would host these finance nights for our friends, for our family members, for our coworkers. And after each one of these nights that we would have, you know, people would say, you guys have to do something with this. You have to make this a thing. Um, and for the longest time, you know, we kind of were like, well, we don't really know how to build a business off of this. You know, we're not certified financial planners. We're not financial advisors. And we realized that, you know, we consume all of this personal finance content ourselves because we've been members of the fire community for several years. So we follow a lot of the bloggers and podcasters and we said, you know, we, we can do this, we can figure this out. And so, um, you know, we launched our blog and our website in April of this year. Finally, um, we decided, started doing Instagram lives earlier this year and decided, you know, we really want to make it into a show. So now we do, um, a weekly financial independence live stream show on YouTube. Um, it's also available in podcast form. So, um, yeah. And then we also teach, uh, um, right now, they're virtual workshops, but um, we wanted to bring our finance nights to the general public and basically, um, you know, show people how they can grow and build wealth in a fun way. And so we host virtual virtual workshops now. That's amazing. And the fact that you guys are sisters and like have created this business together is awe inspiring because I can only imagine like my sibling and I are so different. Like, I can't imagine running a business with her, let alone talking about money with her. So like, did you guys ever have a contentious relationship growing up or were you guys always just like BFFs? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, growing up, like I think as typical siblings, you fight and argue all the time. And like we would have all out battles with each other <laughs> growing up. But, you know, as soon as, you know, one of us moved out of the house, we became best friends. And so, you know, as adults, we have always been best friends, but definitely since we've started doing wine dance together, I mean, we were already talking to each other and texting with each other like constantly every day, but now we have even more of a reason to do that. And <laughs> it's fun because we've been able to develop this passion together. And, you know, even though Marie kind of started at first, she got me on board the moment she was like, hey, you want to build wealth and not have to worry about like losing all your money? I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that. <laughs> you know, and so we kind of kept that going and, and we were able to make our, turn our passion into our business and, and do this together. So it's definitely been a lot of fun that we've been able to do that. Because like you said, I know even my husband and, and Marie's husband, like they just kind of, we sit there and talk to them about all the financial topics and they're like, uh-huh. Uh huh. Like you, you can tell they just they like the end goal, but don't really want to know how the sausage is made. So, so it's nice to have someone else to talk to about that. 
Okay. So I want to know about you guys growing up and what you did or didn't learn about money. So indulge me. Oh man. Well, um, we definitely did not grow up learning about money, certainly not learning about good financial habits. Um, you know, we say that we grew up financially insecure, which is just a nice euphemism for just saying like it was a struggle. Um, um, money was always something that our parents just didn't have. And that was really our mentality, our mentality and our mindset around money. It was, you know, we came from, uh, a mindset of lack and scarcity. Um, our parents separated and divorced when we were relatively young. And so, you know, we live with our mom and housing became a huge issue. I mean, it was just really hard for my mom to, you know, pay the rent. And so we would get, you know, eviction notices and we'd have to move every couple of months. And it was a really stressful upbringing, um, you know, financially. And the funny thing is, I, I think about our upbringing, and I don't ever say, you know, we grew up poor, because we still had a roof over our heads. It's just that it was moving constantly, because we couldn't afford to keep up with the rent. We still have food on our table. But Stephanie and I, by the time we reached, um, you know, working ages, you know, we would have to take our little minimum wage paychecks and start buying groceries for the family. So, um, it was definitely a struggle for sure. And um, I think what both of us, what both Stephanie and I did remember learning or did take away from our upbringing is what we didn't want for our lives as adults. We did not want to struggle. I think that was the biggest thing that Stephanie and I both learned was we just did not want to have to struggle the same way our parents did. But when you don't know the you know key principles of money management and how to save money not just make money but save it um that was a struggle for us and we spent you know most of our um you know our late teens college years and in our 20s you know trying to navigate that and figure it out i mean we both um we were fairly debt averse but there were certain types of debt we had to take out you know we had to take out car loans well the problem is when you take out a car loan and you have debt from your parents that is in your name, well, you're not going to get a good car loan for that. You're not going to get a good interest rate for that. So we definitely had to overcome. I mean, you know, when you think about like a typical college student, they get themselves into debt, right? Like they'll take out a credit card and they rack up debt and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. You don't know any college student that's like, oh, I can't take out a credit card because I've got one in my mom's name already. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we started off in the hole um, and we had to dig ourselves out of that hole that, you know, essentially our parents put us in. And then trying to navigate it once we were sort of on stable ground was very rocky for a long time. Yeah, that sounds like a really tough spot to be in that you're like starting your adult working years and you already have debt that you got to deal with because of decisions that your parents made. What careers have well, you guys talked about your titles and what you do for work, but like, did that um, influence what you decided to pursue from an education standpoint? Were you like, because of your upbringing, I'm going to really seek out like stability and a job that's going to pay me a lot of money? Was that important to to both of you? I definitely think so. I mean, I can say from my side, um, the path that I had initially wanted to go on uh, for college was 
out of stability. Um, you know, growing up, I always loved animals and I was like, I want to be a vet. And then when I got to college age, like late high school, early college age, I was like, um, there's a million vets out there. So what else can I do that's going to make a lot of money? And uh, I got into pharmacy. I, I actually started working as a pharmacy technician. And I was like, you know what? I like this. Pharmacists make a lot of money. We're always going to need pharmacists. There's always a, a need for them. Um, so I actually intended to go to pharmacy school. I was working to get a degree in chemistry at um, the local community college and then was going to go apply for pharmacy school. And then as fate would have it, I was cold called by a recruiter one day at the pharmacy just looking for someone who had clinical experience to uh, join a e-prescribing company's software test team. And she said they were looking for a QA engineer. And I was like, I don't even know what QA means, but wait, what's the salary? You want to pay me what? Like It was more than double what I was making at the pharmacy. So I was like, I will figure it out. You know? <laughs> like I didn't even know what QA stood for. Now I know it's quality assurance, but... <laughs> But you know, I was just like, tell me what the job is and I will figure it out. And that was the thing where, you know, that was certainly money driven because at the time I was making more than minimum wage. I mean, I was making an okay salary for a 19 year old, but it certainly wasn't anything to live off of, let alone, you know, build wealth on. I mean, certainly I wasn't able to really save anything because everything I made was going to my bills. But right. being able to go into the software test world and IT world definitely opened up my opportunities for salary increases, for, um, you know, promotion increases, you know, just it, it expanded my world from a working standpoint and from a career standpoint compared to getting into hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt going into pharmacy school. And that was the thing for me where I kept thinking, you know, I like pharmacy still is my passion and I loved it other than finance, of course. <laughs> you know, I loved working at the pharmacy. Like that was one of my most favorite jobs. And I always think like, okay, once I'm, you know, FI and, and retired or whatever, you know, what I want to go back to the pharmacy. And part of me thinks like, yeah, I would. Now, granted, I will probably be older and not willing to stand for eight hours straight, you know, <laughs> to deal with like customers nonsense at the pharmacy. But I kind of like, you know, I wouldn't mind going back there. And I think about it frequently where I'm like, you know, did I make the right choice not going to pharmacy school? And then I look at the fact that I'm not, you know, still paying off student loans and, you know, looking at a $200,000, you know, student loan debt or whatever. I am thankful that I chose the career path I did. And it really was just so kismet the way it all happened. Like my friend who, uh, who worked at the pharmacy with me and we're still best friends. We talk about this all the time where it was like, she could have been the one to answer the phone that day, or the pharmacist could have been the one to answer the phone that day. Like I just happened to be the one who answered the phone and took the risk and said, you know what, I'm going to give it a try. Yeah. And, and that is the key to success in life. I think in so many different aspects is just things kind of aligning and you saying yes, even if you're not 100% sure, even if you're not 100% ready, you never know. The only like sure thing is, is that if you say no, like whatever's going on is just gonna, it's gonna continue. Right. Um, so what about you, Marie? Did that the whole seeking of, you know, stability, did that influence your career path? Yeah, absolutely. Stability was the name of the game. And I will say this, you know, our mom made a lot of financial mistakes. There's no question about that. But one she did always instill in us was like, one, we had to get good grades. That was very important to her. And two is that we had to go to college. She wanted us to go to college. Now, as Stephanie alluded to, there was no money for college. Um, but like Stephanie, you know, I also enrolled in community college. And, you know, for me, it was like, I would take the amount of classes that I could afford to take, you know, we were paying out of pocket. And and so there were basically my whole thing for 
for paying for courses was I would I would enroll for my classes for the semester and then the bill would come due. I couldn't pay the bill until the very end of the semester because I had to work and save enough money so that I could pay it just in time to start enrolling again for classes for the next semester. Um, and so because of this process, it took me six years to graduate with my degree. Um, and, you know, I that definitely did mess with me, you know, like sort of from a self-esteem standpoint. I had all this am- ambition. I knew I wanted this career. I just wanted to like be done with school so I could start my career and start making money. And the fact that I was like two years delayed from, you know, from my other people years was definitely very frustrating. But just like what Stephanie was saying, you know, with like not graduating with tons of student loan debt, you know, I, I did end up having to take out some student loans. But when you factor in interest, it ended up being around like $14,000. And it was it was never anything that broke the bank for me. You know, my student loan payment was less than $130 per month. And I was able to pay it off before, you know, the 10 year um, repayment period. So what started off being like a very, um, you know, difficult situation and, 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 you know, feeling like I was lagging behind my peers, I ended up finishing ahead in many ways. And I'm actually pretty grateful that, um, you know, the majority of my college education was paid out of pocket. Now, I, it was hard as hell, like, you know, working multiple jobs and interning because I was a communications major. So you had to take like a PR internship or, you know, a journalism internship somewhere, you know, just to get your foot in the door with any kind of employer. But, um, you know, eventually I did graduate in 2007, um, you know, and I was able to get a job in my field. Um, you know, granted, it wasn't making a lot of money, but it was the first time I was making a, a salaried income and had benefits. So for me, that was the stability that I had been craving. And I was so fortunate that I was able to work in the field that I wanted to work in. Yeah, it sounds like you guys made really strategic decisions about uh, what you wanted to do with your careers, even if it didn't feel necessarily like you were 100% sure that you were doing the right thing. And I think, you know, they always say hindsight is twenty twenty. So you guys are in your career paths, you're nearing 30. And What's going through your head? Because I feel like, you know, it sounds like this is going to be a story that's very similar to mine where I'm like, okay, I'm making money, have a good job, but I don't really have anything to call my own. Like I don't own anything. I don't have any money, even though I should. Um, And then you find out about fire. So walk me through what that process was like and what kind of revelations did you guys make or have? Yeah. So, you know, I'll start with this one um, because I kind of found fire before Stephanie did. (laughs) But, um, you know, yeah, exactly. We were, you know, we were on the stable path. You know, we spent our 20s, you know, increasing our income and leveling up in our career. And we were doing a lot of like the very typical things that, you know, a middle class person would do. Part of that was because we just didn't grow up that way. Um, And so it was nice to finally have discretionary income for the first time. It was nice to be able to go out to dinner and not have to be like, oh, I can't afford to order that. You know, um, you know, you can order from whatever side of the menu you wanted to. Um, but you're right. We, we did find- appetizers <laughs> and dessert. Yes. <laughs> All of the above. It was nice to have that. And, you know, again, we were always very mindful of making sure that our bills are paid. And by anyone 
women's standards, they would say we were very successful, but you know, we were doing good, but we weren't doing great. And, and I in particular, um, didn't really have the savings to show for it. And so by the time I had like reached, you know, my, my early thirties, I had met my now husband, you know, he and I were getting serious. And so I was in a new place in my life and was also in a new, with a new employer and, you know, they had sent their email out. Okay. It's time to sign up for your 401k. And, My 401k had been something that I basically avoided in my 20s, even though I had the option to contribute to one. You know, I didn't because I wanted as much of my paycheck as possible. Um, And so by my 30s, I was like, you know, Marie, you got to you got to get on this train like you're not going to be able to work forever. um, And you don't want to end up like your parents who, you know, basically didn't have any retirement savings. Um, And so I signed up for my 401k and quickly found that it was very confusing to navigate the provider website. um, And I didn't understand these basic investing terms because, again, nobody had ever taught me these things. Um, And so instead of running away from it, which is basically what I did in my 20s, I decided I'm going to go down the rabbit hole. I'm finally going to figure this out. And that was basically what got me started on the FIRE journey. You know, I was Googling like how to invest in your 401k and one article would lead me to another. And eventually I found um, the Go Curry Cracker blog um, who talked a lot about investing with index funds. And then I found um, uh, the godfather of FIRE, um, J.L. Collins. I devoured his stock series blog post. I remember being in the gym on the elliptical, like reading the stock series and thinking like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. Like, this is so simple. Um, You know, it's so easy. Like, how did I not know this before? Um, And that was basically when I started, you know, telling Stephanie about this and, um, you know, a little bit about investing and that, you know, I was seeing uh, my investments return and actually making money off of it. So um, it was definitely a circuitous path, but but we got there. I love that. Okay, so Stephanie, at at what point are you just like, um, okay, she's talking crazy (laughs) and then it switches to like, all right, I think I want to get involved with this too. Well, it's funny (laughs) you put it that way because that's literally what I thought. (laughs) Because, you know, the way we grew up, we were like, well, investing is for rich people. Like, we don't have enough money to invest. And, you know, and I never really thought of your 401k as an investment and that if you put money in a 401k, you are an investor. Like, I never thought of it that way. And so she starts talking to me about her 401k and like the whole idea of like retiring early. And I was like, uh, I can't imagine retiring early. Like, I just remember thinking that was such a crazy idea. And she's like, yeah, I think by the time I'm in my mid forties, I definitely want to be retired. And I'm like, I'll be glad if I'm in my mid sixties and retired. <laughs> like, I just really thought it was all crazy. And so, but I'm like, you know, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll hear her out and everything. She hasn't steered me wrong yet. Yeah. So um, she recommended some different blogs and podcasts. I read like Go Curry Cracker, like she recommended and the Jail Collins stock series. Um, but I also found some personal finance podcasts of my own that were, you know, kind of piqued my interest and everything. And I kind of started going down the rabbit hole and I would start coming to her and I was like, do you know about this thing? Do you know about index funds? Do you know, you know, like all these different strategies. She's like, yes, yeah, Stephanie, that's exactly what I've been telling you. <laughs> And so that's where we're like, okay, let's figure this out together. So like literally we would start texting each other if we found a new podcast or a new blog or a YouTube video or whatever, and all these different strategies that the FIRE community uses to 
achieve, you know, in not only not only financial independence, but the ability to retire early. And that part started to really pique my interest even more. Like, even though I, I enjoy my job and I enjoyed what I was doing, it's still one of those things, particularly like this year has kind of taught us like anything can happen at any time. And you set plans and your plans are going to get blown up at any moment because you, you never know what the universe has in store for you. So, you know, I rather put myself in a good situation and financially and be able to make the choice to pivot rather than be forced to and have to, you know, scrounge around and figure out like, how am I going to make ends meet or whatever? So that was definitely what interests me. And I think that's what kind of drove me because I've always come at this from like a point of security, you know, just the way we grew up. I, I never want my son to have the feeling of like, I don't know if I'm going to have a roof over my head. I don't know if we're going to have meals on the table or he be in a position to have to pay for those things that mom and dad can't afford that, you know, and I don't want to do that to my family. And not that our parents wanted that for us, but unfortunately that's just where things were. And so if I can do everything I can to prevent that and to get give him a better life and to give him the knowledge that we didn't have growing up, then that's my responsibility to do as a parent. And when this all happened, I had my son in 2014. And so it was probably around 2015 or so that Marie started introducing this to me. That's when it really kind of clicked with me because I was like, I want more for my son. Like, even though he was only one year old at that time, you know, he's the pride of my life at that point. And, and I wanted more for him. So that's when I really dug deep and, and started diving in and just like reset devoured all the content that we could and became like a Google expert at everything I could about financial independence. Well, I love what you're talking about. And, and I always tell people like when you're thinking about starting to pursue financial independence or any really like big lofty goal, right? You need to know why you're doing this. And it sounds like both of you are very clear on your why. And that's why you have been successful in the pursuit of financial independence, because that is the only thing that's going to keep you doing what is not normal in society, right? Which is just not living paycheck to paycheck not investing, not planning for the future, like that's the norm. So in order to stay committed to the journey, because it's not an overnight thing, you're not going to get rich, you know, in 24 hours. So it's, it's definitely important to focus on. So I love that you guys are so clear on that. And I think that everybody who's even thinking about this needs to ask themselves, why am I doing this? Because that's what's going to sustain you. So let's talk about your fire journeys. Can you talk me through the ups and downs and the strategies that you guys have been following? Basically, like Marie said, we started with our 401ks. I mean, I feel like that's the easiest place for people to start is with their 401k. Most employers provide some kind of employer-sponsored account. So whether it's a 401k, a 403b, a 457b, a TSP, whatever it is that you might have, um, a lot of employers are offering something these days. And that's the simplest way to do it because one, you get the immediate tax advantage through your payroll. So you're decreasing your taxable income by contributing to that. A lot of them are starting to um, include low cost index funds because those are becoming more and more popular. So you typically are going to have decent investments, maybe not always the best and maybe not the, the lowest you know, expense ratios and fees and whatnot, but you're going to have some decent options in there. So 
we have been um, mostly focusing around that. And then from there, we got into you know IRAs and taxable brokerage accounts and all the different strategies that people can use to be able to tap into that money you know, early, earlier than, you know, your traditional retirement. And that's kind of been our focus as well. And our strategy is because it's not just, you know, save until you're 65 and then retire then, but you want to find the most optimized way and most efficient way to save, to reach your goals. So certainly for me, my fire strategy and my fire goal has been able to follow the, you know, the methods and the practices of the retire early community and having kind of savings in each bucket. And that's what we also try to teach people is that you don't have to wait until 59 and a half to start pulling this money out. There actually are strategies to tap into this money early. So a lot of people who are in their 20s and 30s think like, oh, well, 401ks are for older people because I'm not going to need that till I'm almost 60. And it's like, (laughs) no, you can you can get that money earlier. Like you just need to know the ways to do it. And they're completely legal and you don't have to pay a ton of taxes. There's so many ways to do it. And that's what we've been trying to focus on. And then also trying to teach people as well, because we want people to understand that you don't have to wait till you're 40 or 50 to start planning your retirement. You can start doing it in your 20s or 30s or even younger if you're fortunate enough to know about it. How about you, Marie? So I would say, you know, the biggest up for me was it really started coming when I started maxing out my 401k. So I I started contributing to my 401k in 2015 um, and decided in 2018, okay, I'm really going to level up and max out this year. And that by far, you know, when I look at my chart in um, personal capital, you know, and I see you can easily see that 2018 was like the skyrocket point um, of my net worth. And so 2021 will be my fourth year in a row that I've been maxing out my 401k. And so, you know, that's the, I think the biggest tip I could give to anybody. If somebody is like, you know, I, how do I do this faster? Or how do I, um, you know, really capitalize on gains? Well, are you maxing out your 401k if you have one? That has been the biggest accelerator accelerator of um, my wealth for me. Um, the other thing is also, you know, you do need to like, you know, control your expenses and control your cash flow. Um, And so like my husband and I, we bought our home in 2017 and we purposely bought a house that was, you know, far less than what we were actually approved for. You know, those those mortgage lenders, they will approve you for almost anything. (laughs) And I said, yeah, and it would have been nice to, you know, you know, go and. Um, you know, level up and, you know, get the fancy house, but that wasn't what we needed. Um, And that was, I was so grounded in my financial goals, exactly what you were saying, you know, my why of FI, it's so clear for me. I know exactly what I want my future to look like. I know exactly how I want to spend my days. I know exactly the things that I want to try that I don't have time to try in my life now. And so I look at, you know, my daily and monthly expenses as, directly contributing to my future goals. I don't ever want to steal from future Marie. Mm -hmm. I don't ever want to steal my best possible life from myself. Um, so those would definitely be my ups. I think my downs would be, you know, the the years that I wasn't maxing out my 401k and I certainly could have. I was making enough income where I could, but I was still, you know, new at this. I was still new to the fire community and, you know, I wish I could have said like some of the other fire bloggers where, you know, they learned about fire day 1 and day 2 they were, you know, optimized. Sold everything they own and lived on ramen for 12 months and saved a million dollars. (laughs) Exactly. 
And that was the thing, you know, I wanted to do fire my way. You know, I didn't want to ride a bike, you know, everywhere. I didn't want to have to, (laughs) I don't want to have to give up my car. I mean, I'm definitely, I I consider myself a little bit of a hippie, you know, I'm an environmentalist and I try to cut back as much as I can, but like, no, not in the middle of winter. (laughs) I know that's right. There's no way. No way. Absolutely not. So I wanted to find fire, do fire my own way. Um, but I do wish I had started maxing out my 401k um, as soon as I possibly could, because that really would have made a bigger difference in my net worth and it wouldn't have impacted my quality of life as much. So, you know, that would be another lesson learned that I would tell to anybody who's asking. Yeah. And, and you know what, this is all a journey. Like there are going to be years where maybe like your priorities are shifting and you're going to want to save more money to like buy a house. And so that's going to impact how much money you're putting in your investments. And that's fine. Like the fire journey evolves because you evolve as a person. And as time goes on, things change and that's perfectly fine. I love this concept that the pioneers talk about this slow fi right? Because there's a lot of emphasis in the fire community of like, get it done. Like, let's do this. We're going to save for five years and then we're going to retire and then we're going to live life. But that's not the only option. Like you can start being really intentional about your life right now and start building the principles of financial independence, but over a longer period of time so that you're not under this pressure to like work this job that you hate because they're paying you a lot of money and it's going to allow you to save Maybe you leave that job. Maybe you take a pay cut and you invest a little bit less, but you're still being an engineer about your life and your day to day in a way that feels more independent, right? Because I think we forget that it's not just about not having to work. It's about doing what you want to do. And if that is working, but maybe it's less, or maybe it's in a career that pays less, but you can do it because then you're not relying on the money. That's financial independence too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I love that you said engineering, because that's really the way that people need to think about it is you are creating your life, you are engineering it, you are in control of it, no one else can make your decisions for you, you have to do that. And so learning the basics of it, and then figuring out, okay, how do I want to use, you know, this wealth to better my life, that's your choice. And that's the beauty of it. It gives you such freedom to do that. But definitely like engineering, how you want to live your life is key. So I want to talk about financial self care, because this is something that I feel like doesn't get enough emphasis when we think about just self care in general, like people are very like, you know, you have to exercise, you have to eat right. But I think there's also really important things that you can do from a financial aspect to like, improve your mental health and your overall well being. So I want to know for both of you, and we'll start off with you, Marie, like, what does financial self care mean to you? And how do you practice it? One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million order stage? 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. Yeah, I love this concept. And I'm so glad that you asked about that. So for me, it's really about... Um, Tying your financial goals to your life goals and what what you and Stephanie were saying earlier about engineering your life. Um, you know, when you have a very clear picture of what your life, you know, what you want your life to look like, what you want it to look like today, what you want it to look like five or 10 years from now, it's a lot easier to manage your finances because you have a realistic path, right? So for me, um, you know, financial self-care is not just having a, an emergency fund, for example, it's about knowing that I, if if I, um, you know, inadvertently or what am I trying to say? <laughs> if I end up um, parting ways with my income, you know, through no fault of my own, I get laid off, I get fired, whatever the case is, I want to know that I am going to be free from the stress and anxiety of how of figuring out how I'm going to pay my bills for the next three, six, whatever months, and that I'm free to take my time to find new uh, employment opportunities to find a new source of income um, because nobody wants to be in a position where you lose your job and you have to take the first thing that comes along. You know, that is not a position of power. That's not a position of true independence. Um, and that really is what the financial independence community is about. It's about independence in every area of your life so that you are truly in charge. So, um, you know, for me, financial self-care is having that safety net, but it's not a dollar amount for me. It's a it's freeing myself from the stress and anxiety and worry about how things are going to get paid so that I give myself more choices. Preach. Oh my God. This is like <laughs> singing to my soul right now. Okay. Yes. How about you, Stephanie? For me, like I mentioned before, I I definitely have a scarcity mindset and it's something that I struggle with still where I'm I'm trying to move to that abundance mindset because I know that I am in a good place. You know, I've been able to build that emergency fund, like Marie mentioned. I know that if, you know, God forbid something were to happen with my job or my husband's job, we would be okay, you know, for a, a decent period of time that like Marie 
is that you wouldn't have to rush to just take whatever the next offer is just to make the bills. But also knowing beyond that, because you know you don't want to sit here and have a 10-year emergency fund. You're never going to build wealth that way. So you also have to walk that line of saying, okay, I know I'm, I would be good for three to six months or six to nine months or however long it is, but I, I still also stress beyond that. I'm a very logistical person. Like I just, I worry about the logistics of things. And so knowing all these different paths and scenarios. So for me, it's kind of doing all the planning. And I'm one of those people who just enjoys planning because of the, the logistical side of it, I guess. <laughs> but you know, I, I have like a massive spreadsheet and I go through all these different scenarios and try to figure out, okay, what's the best scenario? And then what's plan B if this doesn't work out and what's plan C? And so kind of figuring out okay, there's different paths and whichever path you choose, it's very possible that it, it could change or not meet your expectations, but you have other options. So not getting locked into a single idea that a single job is going to be your only source of income or that this, you know, you have to expect a certain return on your investment just to meet your numbers and just to achieve, you know, retirement, let alone financial independence or being able to retire early. And so figuring out these different paths helps me. And I know that a lot of people out there have their spreadsheets going and they have all their numbers running and, you know, I'm standing right beside you. I know that feeling. But even that, like looking at my spreadsheet and saying, okay, I'm on track. I'm good. You know, that, that helps me and that alleviates that that inner panic that I start to get and that that scarcity mindset. And that's what helps me, I think, kind of start to transition more to an abundance mindset because I also don't want to put that energy out into the world. You know, I'm not super woo-woo like that, but I do believe that like what you believe and what you think will come true. And if I'm so panicked about, you know, losing my job one day or not being able to pay my bills or whatever, then that could happen if I just put positivity out there and think, okay, you know, I'm going to be all right. I have a spouse who works and, you know, we have a good savings, we have investments, you know, we will be okay. Then I can just kind of let that go and be free and hopefully relax a little. <laughs> yeah. I, I love, well, first of all, I can definitely tell who's the engineer in the family because you're talking about plan A, B, and C. And I'm like, yeah. oh, she is me. I am she. We are the same person. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, no. a to a <laughs> I, I love what you talk about when, you know, you're saying like, the abundance and scarcity mindset thing that is a constant it's a constant battle i feel like you know um and i i think it, it reflects a lot like how many of us grow up and just feeling like we're just waiting for the rug to be pulled out from under us we cannot possibly be this financially secure it's just not <laughs> right. it's, it's like somebody's lying we're all in a simulation and we're just <laughs> waiting for someone to yeah. press the x button right um but yeah, no, I, I totally get it. And I'm actually kind of battling with that right now because um, as you guys know, like I'm building businesses, I'm building income streams and yes. I've definitely, I I know like the numbers tell me I am in a position to be able to leave my corporate job if I want to like right now. But my mind has not made that connection yet. And mm. it's work It it because it's, it's just like, I have to unlearn all of these things that I've been told by my parents and society and yeah. like what is responsible and and why would you give up all these things that you've worked so hard for? And it's just like, it's a lot, y'all. It's a lot. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it really is. So yeah, I struggle with that too. Yeah. And I think whenever yeah. you talk to people about fire, especially ones that they don't know or they don't understand, they're just like, but what the hell are you going to do? Like, why would you want to oh retire, God. right? So I want to talk <laughs> about that with you guys because I love answering that question. So I want to know what your answers yeah. are when people ask you like, 
what does retirement look like for you? And and maybe, um, Marie, you want to start off? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I love talking about this topic because, <laughs> as I always say, I can't not think of things to do with my time. Um, so, so first off, I am um, an an ENFP. If you follow the Myers Briggs, I'm so I'm very extroverted. I'm a Libra, <laughs> so I'm very social. And if you follow the Enneagram. I'm an Enneagram seven, which is the adventurous, the enthusiast. So I want to do all the things like I truly can't not stop thinking about all the things I want to do with my time. So when people are like, well, I don't know what I would do. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> like, like you could learn a new language. You could take a cooking class. Like you could do, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I could just, I can go on and on, but um you know, for me, like what I want to do with my time is I don't ever want to stop working, but what work looks like is going to be very different. So I don't want to punch a clock. I don't ever want to find myself in a position where I'm working on something that feels mindless or boring or doesn't benefit anyone except for the person that you're delivering it to at work. And Mm -hmm. we can go, that's a whole separate conversation. (laughs) You know, I don't want to have to deal with office politics and egos and stuff like that. I want to work for me, I want to do things that are fulfilling for me. And so what that looks like for me personally is one, obviously, you know, with Wynance, Stephanie and I absolutely love talking to other people and teaching other people the foundations and the stepping stones for how to create wealth in their lives, how to spend more intentionally, how to basically live the lives that they deserve. Um, And so if I could do that all day, every day, I would be a happy camper. Um, the other thing is outside of Winance, I have a calligraphy business. Um, so I started picking up callig- I Well, actually, I kind of started picking up calligraphy as, as a kid, but really decided to hone in on it and learn it um, about four years ago. And I started a business doing it and I love it. Um, I absolutely love spending this time. You know, I'm a creative. Um, I like the time away from like the financial aspect of things too. <laughs> um, um, you know, I, I like having that break that where I can just be 100% creative focused. And so, you know, like early retirement, retirement looks like pursuing my personal passions and also being able to put something down and pick something new up if I want to do that. And nobody else can tell me otherwise, you know, I'm just because, you know, I, you know, I might love calligraphy today, but I might not love it five years from now. And that's okay. It sure Um, is. I love it sure is. I mean, I just, I, for me, it's about not just freedom, but flexibility. I just want the flexibility to choose my choices in life. That's really what it is. I love it. Oh my gosh. Why haven't we like hung out sooner? I feel like I need to be the third sister here because you guys yes. are my, like, you guys are the sisters that I need for real. Oh, oh my God. Yes, girl. Anytime. We are always, we are always, for, Stephanie and I used to joke around about like the mysterious third sister when we were kids. She, she would be the one we would that stuff. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, that's it. It's locked in. We're not changing our yes. minds. <laughs> All right, Stephanie, how about you? What does your fire life look like? Uh, well, Maurice will have my ideas. But no, <laughs> no, but I mean, it's very similar, though, is that, you know, I we love working on wine ants. We love helping people. And certainly we'd love to be able to put more time into it than we currently can having full-time jobs. So that's definitely one of those things. And I think a lot of times when people say they want to retire, like I have 
two friends at work uh, who retired. One retired and then came back to work, and the other one has retired, but he's still kind of working part time. And the one who retired and came back to work, I said, you know, dude, what happened? And he's like, I sat on the couch. I, I watched Netflix all day. I was so bored. My wife was driving me crazy. I'm, you know, I had to come back to the office. And then the other guy, when I found out he was retiring, I said, you know, what are you going to do? I was like, I, not that I have control over whether you actually leave or not, but what is your plan for retirement? He had a list. He had seven things. He went down each one of them. And I was like, all right, I bless your retirement now. <laughs> you know? And that was the thing where I'm like, so many people say they want to retire, but they have no idea what they're actually retiring to. And whether you're 30 when that happens, whether you're 40, whether you're 60, you know, you need to know what exactly you're going to do because you can't just sit at home watching Netflix all day or playing video games or doing whatever it is that you do putting around the house. You have to have a plan. So, you know, beyond finance and beyond, you know, the typical, the travel and spending time with family, being able to choose how I want to live my life and spend my time is so important to me. And having a young child, I I want to be there for his school events. I want to be there for when he needs, you know, a parent to help him with something. I want to be there where our parents couldn't. Like our mom worked all the time when she when we were in school or having events, she was working. She couldn't just leave her office and come to a recital or even drive us to a recital. So half the time we missed school events because she's like, I can't drive you there. Like I, you know, I don't have time to do all that. So I want to give my son that. And if I have the freedom to do that rather than being like, sorry, honey, I have a meeting that day or you know I, I have to be stuck at the office or, or doing this project like I don't want to have to do that for every time he needs a parent and I want to be there for him so it's so important for me to have my time and choose to use it the way that I want to and then the other thing too that I would love to do once the world reopens is be able to volunteer at concerts and festivals because I'm like why don't more early retired people do this? Like you get a free ticket to the show or a free ticket to the <laughs> event and all you got to do is volunteer for a few hours. Like, yeah, absolutely. So I would love to be able to do that with my free time <laughs> beyond all the other stuff. That is a major life hack. I did not even think about that. Oh my gosh, I'm out here paying don't. all this money for nonsense <laughs> and I could be going exactly. for free. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, I got to take notes. Um, okay. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about like some practical advice for folks that are thinking about pursuing fire, but just feel overwhelmed. Like where should they start? Stephanie, why don't you start off? So like we said, I think the easiest thing for most people to start is with your employer-sponsored retirement plan. Mm -hmm. If you're not already contributing to one and you have one available to you, then start there. Literally, you can start with 1% of your paycheck. Hopefully you start with more, but at the very least, you can start with 1% and you will not feel that. And at the most, you'll get the, the tax benefits for it. You know, And then once you're able to build that up, contribute more to it, hopefully eventually max that out, then you can start digging into other things, going into you know opening up an IRA or determining what's right for you on whatever path you want to choose. There's so many different account options out there for any choice, any person, any income level. And there's so many opportunities that people just don't realize are there. And it's it's simple enough to do. And like Marie said, when she started her 401k, she didn't understand the terminology. It was intimidating to her. She was afraid to ask coworkers or friends or family how to do it. She certainly couldn't ask me because I didn't even know how to do it. You know, so it's like there, people need to understand that there are communities out there like the fire community that has a lot of this information and is offering it to them. You know, listen to the podcast, listen to, you know, the 
the YouTube people and, and, and read books. Like there's so much information out there and it's not difficult. It's not scary. And I think once you realize that it doesn't have to be intimidating and it doesn't have to be as complex as people will have you think, then people are more inclined to do it. And I know that's how we've gotten our friends into it, our family, even that's how Marie got me. Cause I was afraid. I was like, well, I don't want to invest all my money and lose it. And she's like, you know, she explained the whole concept of the stock market and index funds that track the S and P. And I'm like, well, that really does make sense. I mean, technically the stock market does always eventually go up. And if the stock market really does go down to zero, I mean, the last thing you're worried about is what's in your 401k. Right. You're all running for the hills mm-hmm. and <laughs> Whatever you can. It's especially <laughs> zombie apocalypse time, y'all. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. How about you, Marie? What's your best tip for folks that want to get started on this path but are like, oh my God, I don't even know where to start? Yeah. So in addition to what Stephanie said about, you know, your 401k, two things come to mind. So number one is that you don't have to be a money nerd. You don't have to even be, you know, part of the financial independence community. You know, I think a lot of, um, you know, our clients and the people in our community, they aren't necessarily the people who want to be, you know, opening up personal capital on a daily basis. They don't necessarily have a million spreadsheets and stuff. Um, And that's okay. You don't have to be a money nerd and don't feel intimidated to learn a little bit about this or to listen to one podcast or read one blog, don't feel like you have to, you know, go down the rabbit hole. You know, just if you learn the fundamentals, you are already going to be light years ahead of, you know, the majority of people. The second thing is learning how to optimize your expenses. So, you know, I do feel like everybody should be using some some kind of tool or app or something to track your expenses. Again, you don't have to spend hours pouring over it and looking at every, you know, minute expense or and trend in, you know, in mint or whatever. But you do need to know what your financial picture is. Um, sticking your head in the sand is a surest way to failure. Um, And and it's the surest way to lock in, um, you know, a a 40 year career or longer. (laughs) So if you want to avoid that, just start tracking your expenses, you know, download Mint or another app that you prefer, and just start looking at your trend data, you know, where are you spending your money, and then find areas that you can cut back everyone has some area that they can cut back. And it doesn't necessarily have to cost you the quality of your lifestyle. Um, You know, if there's one thing that I think a lot of us, especially a lot of the women who are coming up as leaders in the financial independence spaces, is we are saying, no, you don't have to be the rice and beans crowd in order to do this. And you you also don't have to be, you know, an engineer with like a, you know, $300,000 a year salary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can do a normal middle class person can absolutely do these things. And you can still have a good fulfilling life. I eat better food now than I did when I was buying all the takeout stuff. Hello. <laughs> because I'm cooking it and I'm enjoying learning how to make these foods and stuff. So those would be my two tips is one, um, don't be intimidated. You don't have to be a money nerd. And two, is start tracking your expenses and look for areas where you can contribute more to your investments. I love that. That is such excellent advice. And since we are kind of near year end, you know, a lot of people start getting notifications around February, Mm -hmm. March that they're getting a pay increase, hopefully. Um, Mm -hmm. Make that what you add to your contribution for the year. Like don't even look at that money because when we start spending it, it's very hard to put it back in the little box that you wanted it to go in in the first place. So just ignore it, up your contribution. You can even set that automatically in your 401k to increase every year by a percentage or whatever you want. 
and just like if you know you're good with what you're making right now, anything extra should not be okay. Let me go and spend that. It should be okay. Let me go and invest that. Yeah. So let's talk about your money mantras. Marie, what is your money mantra? So for me, you know, I've already kind of (laughs) implied that I'm a little woo woo and mindset is very important to me. So, you know, for me, I, and I kind of mentioned this when I was talking about, you know, financial self-care is that it's not the dollar amount for me. It's, it's more the mentality around money. So for me, my money, my ah, money mantra is money doesn't get you to your goals. Your mindset does because you know, there are a lot of people out there who make very high incomes and don't have anything to show for it. But if your mind is in the right place and you are living an FI lifestyle today, you're finding areas in your life where you can start living that lifestyle today. You know, one one thing for me is I had to stop sort of, you know, overextending myself at work. I had to put up boundaries for myself at work because I was getting burnt out and I was also just pining away for the day where I would be able to retire early. And that was making me feel very negative. And I think a lot of people in the FI space do kind of experience that fatigue. Um, And so you have to look for ways that you can adopt that in your lifestyle today. So for me, it's, you know, what, what my getting my mindset around, well, where are the areas where I can make improvements today? Um, And even if, you know, I'm feeling like, oh, you know, financially, I'm not where I really want to be, I should be further along. I start looking at where I started from. And that always brings me back to, girl, four, five years ago, you wished you were where you are today. You wished you were back then. Right. So why are you so focused on, oh, I'm not where I want to be? Because guess what? Five years ago, you were at a zero net worth. Mm-hmm. Talk about so. it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Stephanie, what's your money mantra? So something I say, whether it's health or wealth related, I say you pay for it now or you pay for it later. And... I, I say that because I say that from a health perspective, because I I used to be overweight. I have over the past two years, I've lost 60 pounds. And because I'm like, you know what, if either I can take control of my health now and do what I need to do to live a better life for the future me, or I can stay on the you know health path that I was, which was lack thereof, <laughs> and then deal with the medical bills and everything later. And the same things for, for wealth and for building a financial future for yourself. You know, so many people are hesitant to start investing, you know, whether they're afraid to, whether they just don't want to, you know, give up the money now because they're like, well, that $10 in my pockets today is $10 in my pocket. I don't want to have to put it in this, you know, magical account and hope that it grows one day. You know, and believe me, this is coming from the queen of procrastination. I put everything off to the last minute. And then like, I do that panic, like pull it off, Hail Mary, and somehow you, you get an A or whatever, or you get the, the project done. And I'm like, I don't know how I did that. And I never want to do that again. And yet I do it every <laughs> single time. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> exactly. And I'm sure a lot of people can, and I totally get that. But you can't put off planning for your future like that, because you can't just say, oh, well, I'll start investing when I'm 60, because no, that's when you want to stop. Like, that's when you want to start using that money. Mm -hmm. You can't keep waiting and putting it off. Because if you focus on putting that effort in now, then you're not going to have to deal with the consequences later. Like I said, when it comes like a good relation is health, because either I could have chose to stay on the path I was and and not eating, you know, good foods, not exercising, not taking care of my body, and then deal with medical bills in the future, or I can, you know, take the time, 
do the effort, wake up early, do my workouts, buy high quality, you know, good foods, organic foods, whatever it is that is that is what you're supposed to be eating that is good for your body, pay for it now so you don't have to pay for insulin shots later. Same thing when it comes to money. Save that money today so that you don't have to scrounge around and hope that you can pay for that insulin in the future. You know, I that's the thing is like stuff is not cheap. And as you get older, your medical bills are only going to get more and more expensive. And Medicare only covers but so much. And, you know, you, you might have to have long term care. You might have to go into a nursing home. You never know what the future holds for you. And if you can set yourself up for success and your family and whoever you're providing for for success, Success, then you don't have to worry about that down the line. You're going to know that you're going to be okay and everyone else is going to be okay in the future. That is so damn true. And it breaks my heart every time I'm like out here shopping or something and I see someone who is clearly over the age of 65, like behind a cash register. And I'm just like, y'all, we cannot be these people because we're seeing it right now. Like what the consequences are of not being prepared. And God knows the government doesn't give a shit about you. We are lucky if we can even think about relying on social security for anything in the future. So knowing what we know now, seeing what we see, knowing that our parents are not prepared, let's not repeat the same mistakes because otherwise then what, what, what was the point of all this? Right? Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Stephanie and Marie, y'all are freaking amazing. I'm so <laughs> glad that you are in this space. I'm so glad that I found amazing women like you talking about financial independence and that you are sharing the message, which is so important. It's not just about taking the knowledge for ourselves, but spreading it. So for people who want to find out more about you and follow your journey, where can we find you? Yeah, so you can find us at winancefi.com and I'll spell that for everyone. It's W I N E. N-A-N-C-E-F-I.com. And um, if you go to our website, you can download our free 401k guide. Um, you know, we've talked so much about 401ks and really that was the reason why we got into FIRE in the first place. And we truly believe that nobody should struggle to figure out how to navigate their employer-sponsored retirement account. So we created a 401k guide. It's very comprehensive. It literally walks you step-by-step. Step. It's like step one, log in. Like we make it so freaking simple because we don't want anyone to ever feel the way we felt and lose out on those incredible um, wealth building years, especially in your 20s and your 30s. So um, you can go to winancefi.com and download that. And then you can also find us every week. We do um, a weekly YouTube show called Winance Wednesday. So you can find us on YouTube. Um, we also have it in podcast form. And of course, on social media, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. I cannot wait to continue to follow your own fire journeys. And we all need to throw like a big fire celebration when we all hit retirement. Cause I feel like it's all around the same like time frame. And I'm so here for like a champagne yacht party to celebrate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, bring the champ. Yes. <laughs> I already know you guys are bringing the wine. Oh yeah. <laughs> we will bring the wine and Janice, we will be celebrating you when you go full time as in, as an entrepreneur, we cannot wait for that day to come for you. We are so excited and so proud of you and you are doing amazing things, especially in the side hustle space. I feel like you are the queen of side hustles and the entire world needs to know about it. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take your dinero to the next level, sign up for our free 14-page guide, The Financially Lit Latina, the ultimate blueprint for becoming poderosa with your dinero. This 14-page guide includes our best tips on money mindset, budgeting, debt repayment, career, investing, financial independence, side hustles, and more. And you can get it completely free. So to get your copy of the Financially Lit Latina, just head over to YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start. That's YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start and start transforming your dinero story today. Until next time, stay empowered, stay inspired, and stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated contents constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.